This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 381 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, and EcoVet. Hi, everyone. Reese and Philip are off this week. They'll be back again next week. I know you all are podcast and horse radio network fans, or you wouldn't be listening to the show. So I have something fun for you today. There is a documentary being made by a couple of production companies about podcasting called The Messengers, and the Horse Radio Network is being prominently featured in it. Yes, they are doing a podcast about the making of a movie about podcasting. You know, I thought you might enjoy the first two episodes of this podcast. They are each about 30 minutes, and Horse Radio Network is featured in episode two. I just think it's so cool that horses are being featured in a mainstream documentary. Any love we can get for horses is certainly appreciated. Plus, you might hear Scooter's name in here, too. Dave Jackson hosts it, and he's a good friend of mine and one of the gurus of podcasting and very entertaining. You will love him. I hope you enjoy it, but let's get started right after this Nutrition Minute from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. I've been staring at this microphone trying to figure out, where do I begin? How do I introduce you to something that has the potential to make a dramatic change in your life? My name is Dave Jackson. I run a website called The School of Podcasting, and I've been podcasting since April 2005. Now, back then, back in the day, I remember Googling the phrase podcasting and seeing a whopping one, maybe two pages show up in the results. And at the time, I'd been publishing an email newsletter for musicians. And I decided to take that same exact information that I was putting into an email format and put it out as a podcast. And at the time, I had just been laid off and I was living in my brother's basement in a city called Mogador, Ohio. Now, the reason that's important is because, well, life was not going really great at the moment. And most of you just said, MAGA who? Huh? Nobody's ever heard of Magador, Ohio. And that's one of the beautiful things of podcasting. You see, a few weeks after 
I released my first podcast, I had an email come in with an attachment. That attachment was the first audio feedback I would ever receive, and it changed my life. The message said, Hello, Dave. This is Michael from Nuremberg, Germany. And I remember stopping the audio before it finished because I didn't believe it. I mean, this guy sounded so German. Did, did he say Nuremberg, Germany? Germany? As in like the other side of the planet, Germany? I almost fell out of my chair and I'm not exaggerating. Here I am in my brother's basement hoping no one would flush the toilet while I was recording next to the water heater. And Michael Van Lahr was listening to my podcast in Nuremberg, Germany. Look, I knew podcasting was going to be huge, but this was proof that this was going to change the world. So my goal here is to lead you into the story about a movie about podcasting. Yeah, I know. A podcast about a movie about podcasting. It's so meta. I don't know. It's meta, meta, meta. And we are going to break quite a few rules of podcasting. See, you see, we know where we want to go, but we're not quite sure how to get there. It's kind of like being in a downtown area of really any major city. You can see the building you need to get to, but you're surrounded by one-way streets and traffic and, you know, you know you're going to get there, but you're just not quite sure how. We're going to try to publish on a regular basis, but may not all the time. We're going to do our best. You see, the story is unveiling itself right in front of us. We want to bring you along with us. When we have something to report, we will. You're going to hear a wide variety of audio from Skype to phone calls, from studios to airports and other noisy places. So welcome to the journey. Please keep your arms and hands inside the ride as we go along. So let's introduce you to the team. Let's start off with the main man, Chris Kremitzos, as he talks about how we're kind of putting this all together. It is really run and gun and figure it out as we go. But uh, luckily for me, because of my media background, I've done like thousands of interviews. They they might not be live on a podcast, my interviews. They're on you know YouTube, wherever I could put them at the time years ago, about 10, 11 years ago. So I have a, a really good experience of matching up the right characters. So we have characters in this movie. So where did Chris come up with the idea for the Messengers documentary? So what most people don't know is I was one of the earliest promoter of podcasting. I did it all local. I did it all here in Tampa Bay. So and when I say earliest promoters, there's people like yourself, Dave, that have been around forever and before you. But uh, I would say in 20, 2012, 2013, I was promoting podcasting. Before that, people were talking about blog talk radio, which I think is great in some respects. But at the time, I knew it wasn't kind of what the what podcasting really was. It was a, a channel of it. So I started, I started promoting at uh, e-marketing groups. It's our meetup. And a young guy by the name of Steve Cherubino said, hey, I'd love to talk about podcasting. He was doing some uh, shows. And I said, well, how many people do you have listening to your podcast? He goes, not a lot, like 4,000 a week. And, you know, it is what it is. And I said, excuse me. I said, can you say that again? Did you make a mistake? What was the number? He goes, about 4,000. I go, you realize we're in a meetup here with 10 people physically, which I love. But you have 4,000 people listening to you on a weekly basis. And I had bigger events like with 100 people in a week, but I didn't have anything in the thousands. So I said, he volunteered. He goes, can I teach podcasting? I said, I would love for you to teach podcasting. 
And that was the first workshop we did. Then we did a bigger workshop, but it was all under like the Tampa, Tampa Bay area podcasting. And then PodFest was the, we did Florida Pod PodFest. And then the next year we did PodFest. We opened it up to everybody all over the world. And what you got to feel because you were there was the culture we had built up over the last few years where we are a family and it's a culture of inclusion and helping people get their message out. So PodFest was formed uh, with the help of Glenn the Geek of the Horse Radio Network, Neil Gilarte, uh, my wife, Katie from Biz Women Rock. And that kind of that kind of encapsulated what we're about to grow into, um, having a really amazing speaker. So here, here I am about to promote PodFest in 2016. Uh, we have people flying from Shanghai, China. I have Justin Crossley coming in from uh, the West Coast, from California. So I, I started thinking to myself, wait a minute. I got Glenn the Geek, who has a horse radio network. I got Danny Pena, who is Gamer Tag Radio, which is a gaming network, a gaming show. I said, there needs to be a documentary about these different characters because they all come from such different worlds. And that's when I called Neil Gilarte up. He's a filmmaker, good friend of mine. I said, Neil, I just want to make sure I'm not off my rocker because I know to do this, it'll take a lot of manpower. But I believe that we have a documentary in the making of these individuals that have amazing podcasts and stories to tell to inspire other people. And I pitched him the idea and he said, I think you're on, I think you're on the right track. So we had five days from that idea to PodFest. I said, well, we better hurry up and uh, figure out how we're going to do this. And I said, there's a young guy named Salo that I love his editing and he's really aggressive. So Neil said, let me see if I could call Salo. Salo's like, man, I got a gig. He was um, filming some prisoners or something for some program. And he goes, I got a film gig. I got to be at the local prison for some project. I'll see what I can do. So Salo moves around his schedule. He says, I'm in. Neil says he's in. Willie Harper, who has Needles and Scratch, a children's show, he's also uh, our director of photography. He's in. And that's when we start uh, recording the interviews at PodFest. You were part of it. You remember being interviewed. Uh, You're our soundbite machine, by the way. There's no one else. I want everybody to know there's no one else that produces great soundbites better than Dave Jackson, period. (laughs) Now, this is not some sort of fun hobby movie that we made with a camcorder that we found in the attic. This is a legitimate documentary. And as you might imagine, legitimate documentaries, well, they're not free. And so you'll hear where person after person after person is making a sacrifice for this project. Yeah, um, I've tapped out my reserves. Basically, I took all the profits of PodFest and piled it into uh, this movie. So that that's long gone now. So we're into a uh, crowdfunding campaign that we're going to launch. We really need about $39,000, but in crowdfunding, you got to ask for the bare minimum. So we're going to be asking for $19,731. If we meet that mark, then we could keep going. With the filmmakers, they're willing to donate quite a bit of their uh, time because they believe in this project. But why? Why do people believe in this project? I asked Director of Photography, Willie Harper. When Chris brought this project to me, um, I told him right away that I was excited and I definitely wanted to do it. Now, at the very beginning, it seemed just like any other filmmaking project. You know, I was like, OK, I'll make this look beautiful. Tell a story. Um, so when I went to his podcast uh, event, I was um, floored by what I saw there uh, because I also had was presenting something else there, too. Um, but to really see what podcasting really was, because I had no clue what that was, really. Um, actually, I got educated 
basically on what podcast meant and what it does to the community. So that's really what sold me into delving into this documentary. Now, what I did not expect is the emotional impact. I had no clue at all how much it reached and touched people. I mean, you talk about all different kinds of walks, different cultures, different backgrounds. It is amazing how you can be at home on a microphone, think you're speaking to nobody and not even realize that you're touching or saving the life of somebody by just the words you speak, just by your simple message. And, you know, from a guy from the outside looking in, that is powerful. So right away when we um, recorded our very first interview, I believe, which was Lee Silverstein and his impact on his colon cancer and how he just wanted to get that message out, let people know if they're suffering from the same disease that never to give up, that was powerful. And to me, that's what made me want to get extra um, so I can help get that message out there visually. And um, once I saw the impact that Lee had on the community, I was like, all right, guys, let's just have a meeting. Let's let's regroup because now I really want to give this a very artistic look to it. And we brought in Salo, the editor, and we really just reformatted how we wanted to show each presenter and each person of how they present themselves to the movie. And really, that just started a leg all over itself. So I would love to take credit for how it visually looks, but really, it's the people's story that is painting the beautiful picture that we've seen. I asked Hall of Fame podcaster Danny Pena of Gamertag Radio, why are you getting involved? Because I feel that in the podcasting community right now, they're focusing too much on the success on the money side, which is nothing wrong with that. But there's other stories out there of other podcasters that they have an amazing story. I, I just want people to be inspired. But this is just not a fun walk in the park with a camera. I spoke with Neil Galarte in many different locations, whether it might have been the L.A. Uh, airport getting ready to take off or things of this nature. So Neil's always fun to get on the phone. But listen to what a typical day is like for Neil. And, uh, I think I spent the whole of three hours a night as I transferred the footage over posting to our Facebook and trying to keep up with these interviews and just really promoting the film as I go. But, uh, bro, this is what I did. This is what I wanted to do my entire life. The funny thing is that this film and podcasting is allowing me to reach some of my personal dreams. I'm from Southern California. It was an honor to come home and just kind of do what I do. And uh, it's, I'm just overwhelmed, man. And uh, it's been an amazing experience. Now we're going home for one week and then we're off to Antigua to record Sean Smith, the mobile pro as he spreads uh, you know, the word of God over there in Guatemala, and we want to capture that as well. And you'll be hearing more tales from the road, some behind-the-scenes things that have gone on, including a drone gone wild. And uh, I asked Chris about how are things going on the road, and this is how he explained it. I asked the crew when we were done with the South Florida shoot and uh, Ocala, I said, does everybody, because you've guys done, this is my first real movie set where I'm going around doing a documentary. I said, do people treat you this well when you go around interviewing them? And Willie said, I was going to tell you that. We've never had this experience before. People are cooking for us. They're having us, uh, like Christy Hauser and the Keys took us out on our boat, and they genuinely want to take care of us. And they, they call that, they, they call, this is what they said. They go, that's the Chris Kremitzos effect. They go, how so? They go, you built so many great relationships and helped so many people out that they want to, they want to uh, treat us well, and they want to be part of this project. Willie Harper. I keep trying to tell Chris, you know, that's the Chris Kermitzel's effect. No matter how much you try and, and, and fight it, 
people are opening their houses and being so warm and taking the time and effort to give us this huge Thanksgiving meal for free. Do you not understand how big that is? And that effect is what led me to being involved with this particular project. I remember it vividly. I was walking around enjoying the ambiance that is Walmart. And my phone rang, and it was Chris. And he was explained about the documentary, the fact that I'd been interviewed for it, and that they wanted to expand its reach and really expand the publicity of the documentary. They really want to make this as big as we can make it. And would I be involved in the documentary? Well, I had the word yes out before I could, you know, before he was even done. And it's, we all have this passion. We have seen what podcasting can do. We all have a personal interest in podcasting. All the filmmakers, by the way, um, Neil Gilarte, our director, has a podcast called All Things Post. Willie has a YouTube channel called Needles and Scratch Kids Show. Uh, Salo is just a young kid, 26, getting started, and he has his own studio. So they could, they are part of the soul of the subjects that we're interviewing. They are living the same thing that's going on. So it's really a unique thing to have the crew invested fully because they're doing their own projects as well. So that Kremitzos effect, we've all seen it. We all believe in it. I want to be involved in this because of people like Chris and, and Glenn the Geek and Danny Pena. And Danny Pena, according to Neil, wanted to be involved because I was involved. We've all seen the power of podcasting and the connections that you can make and that intimate feeling that you just get just with your words. It's amazing. And it really boils down to a lot of what Chris is all about. And um, I guess it's just what I've done as a community builder. I build really amazing communities. If I go to a conference, my number one thing is I want to meet some really great people and make connections and see how I could build that relationship, not get business out of it. Not, you know, that's always a byproduct. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But uh, I'm a community builder, and I've built some really great relationships. That's why PodFest is so special, and that's why we're excited to premiere. This project, we're hoping to premiere at next year's PodFest uh, in front of a crowd, having a panel um, you know, of the filmmakers and a panel of the people that were interviewed uh, talking about you know, the process of making this, uh, this film. And speaking of the process of creating the film, it hasn't all been cotton candy and rainbows. In some cases... Things went literally to the dog. Here's a tale from Willie Harper. So in the Florida Keys, um, we were interviewing a podcaster, uh, Miss Chrissy. And out there, she took us on a boat to show us uh, some of the beautiful waters and some of the beautiful sightseeing out there. And she had her dog uh, out there on the boat, too, with her. So me, my background is I've always loved water. I When I lived in uh, California. I surfed a little bit in my life. So anytime I get around water, I definitely want to get in. So we're on the boat. We interview her. Uh, and then when we're finished, right before she's about to head home, I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't it be a cool picture if I just go ahead and just took a picture right over the boat? So I asked her if I could do that. And she said, yeah, but I don't really think she thought I was going to get over on the other side of the boat. So I did. I hung my body off the boat barely touched the water and she was like are you okay well i'm like yeah yeah i'm fine i'm cool i'm cool so i told neil to go ahead and take a snapshot picture i was like yeah it's gonna be funny take a snapshot picture people gonna think i went overboard so he was fumbling with his phone 
And me, I was losing my grip because one of the waves had hit my left foot and it took half my body into the water, but nobody else saw that. So I'm struggling to get back into the boat. And Neil goes, "Okay, well, I'm ready to take a picture. And he took a picture and I said, Neil, uh, I can't get back in the boat. And he was like, this is a beautiful picture. This is great. This is everything. The water's great. Oh, this is going to be so awesome for Facebook. Just make sure you don't see a shark back there. And then I'm whispering to Neil, Neil, I can't get into the boat. So he was like, what would you say? Would you say, Will? So the dog actually ran up there, grabbed me by my shirt and helped me get into the boat. So that uh, that photo that people see on, on Facebook with me hanging over is me really trying to get back into the boat. And speaking of road stories, we'll have more road stories from Neil Galarte in the next episode of the Messengers podcast. Yeah, last time I talked to you, I was at the uh, Tampa airport heading here, and boy, did I underestimate uh, how many people would be at this conference. This is the largest gaming conference in the world. And as we start to wind down this episode, I wanted to talk about the message of executive producer Chris Kremitzos, but I didn't want to get it directly from Chris. So I talked to some of the people involved with the project. I'm going to start off with Desmond Adams, who is a radio personality and a podcaster. He's an empowerer. He walks around trying to figure out who could I connect that person with? Who could I network that person with? And that's what he's all about. So with this documentary, I really, truly believe, and it's taken me a while to understand this, that Chris really wants somebody to see this and go, man, I got a message. That's for me. I can do it. John Dennis is a podcaster and runs the largest Facebook group dedicated to podcasting called the Podcasters Hangout. Here's what he had to say about Chris. I don't know many people who are so locked in to helping other people and not just like, oh, hey, here's, here's, you know, here's some help, but truly finding ways that are specific to other people's needs. I think it's an inherent quality and trait about Chris. I think the messengers, this documentary is sort of a culmination of who he is at his core. I know he wants to help others. And so this isn't just a documentary to kind of chronicle how others do things with podcasts, you know, but it's, it's, it's a film that is at its core portraying what Chris stands for. I was able to get Chris to talk a little bit about himself. You'll see it in this film, whether it's uh, Lee Silverstein, who was hosting one of our uh, podcasting meetings. He got inspired by being the host. He's standing in the back of the room. He's sitting there hosting the meeting for us at a local college. And now he has the colon cancer podcast so he could help people with colon cancer because he's been uh, dealing with that for the last few years, thriving and succeeding. And he's created a podcast to help people with that. So I, I would consider myself an amplifier. So anyone around me that believes in what I do, I'm able to help them by upping their game and, and directing them in the right direction. And speaking of sending people in the right direction, right now I would like to direct you to themessengersdoc.com. That is our website. You can all the things where Willie's talking about pictures of the boat and Neil is talking about pictures that he's taken. It's all at themessengersdoc.com. Go over, get involved, like us on Facebook, sign up for the newsletter. And start telling your friends about this because you can be involved with this movie as well and start spreading the power of podcasting and realize that we all have a message to say. 
and we want to spotlight this so everyone can get involved and we all make the world a better place. The website, again, is themessengersdoc.com. Get involved, and we'll see you again real soon with another episode. Coming in future episodes of The Messengers Podcast, sometimes the crew gets along. The villagers in Guatemala have been told that Neil is coming, and they have been inoculated, just so you know. <laughs> Sometimes the tensions start to build. Why is that? Why do you feel like you abandoned them? Because I wasn't there. I mean, Neil went out to L.A. to film for Danny Pena, and now here they are doing all this work, and I'm not there. And this is the project that I started. When the invoices start coming in, reality sets in. I don't know the finances. I do know that Chris, like, what he initially thought he was going to have to do, he blew past that. Like, thousands of dollars just kind of blew past so that. They gave us a, um, a Saturday for us to go out to Puerto Rico. We're trying to make the reservations to get the crew out there to Puerto Rico, but the crowdfunding is really going to come into play for us to make these trips happen because now the expenses of flying everybody and the crew's got to get paid for their time, it's kind of uh, building up. Some- As we continue to awe and inspire. And uh, people, when they see the trailer, I mean, literally, they apl- I usually, I facilitate events, so I always ask, all right, guys, let's give them a round of applause. People applaud on their own after the trailer is done, so it's really cool to see the impact it has. Now, you've heard a lot about the trailer in this particular episode, and what it is, is I'm actually going to play you the audio from the trailer, and it's a brief trailer, and what it does is it, it takes a peek at several podcasters, and you'll hear some music in between. Those are mood points in which basically you put uh, words on the screen, so it is kind of a visual thing, but it, you can still hear some of the stories, some of the people involved. So without further ado, here is the trailer, at least the audio from the trailer, from The Messengers documentary. Find us again at the messengersdoc.com if you want to actually watch the, the trailer It really is very cool. So thanks so much for listening, and stay with us as we go through the journey. I don't listen to radio. I haven't listened to radio in years. And the one day I forgot my phone, it was like nails on a chalkboard. This great podcasting is like porn. Um, You know it when you see it. Oh my God, people have no idea how much work this really is. Don't be afraid to start. Just get started. People are going to always want to have a voice. They're going to want to always share it with people. It's the experience of the excitement of connecting with somebody. Capturing the power of intimacy is something that podcasting does better than any other media. It's got to be something you're passionate about, because when you first start out, you're going to be podcasting to nobody. Let the listeners be part of your journey, because they're the ones that are going to be spreading the word about, about your show. Podcasting has never gone down. It has gone up every single year. So many people that were so encouraging and saying that we need something like this right now. I don't eat or drink or sleep anymore. Um, I just podcast. I'm having fun doing it. Best job I've ever had. I think we're just at the beginning. 
Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting, asking you, what's your message? Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can, with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS, if you will. So if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of biting insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring food-grade fatty acids, that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet, E-C-O-V-E-T. We're going to talk about the new girth that uh, Justin has. And Phil and I have both tried this girth, and it's fantastic. So, Phil, take it away. I've had it. It's called, uh, for quite a bit, it's called the Stretch Tech Shoulder Relief Girth. It has all the same awesome qualities and features of the shoulder relief girth, only that this one has a triangular elastic center that um, that allows the horse's chest to expand, and uh, it makes a softer contact with the horse's sternum. So, it's... It's taken all the qualities of that nice shoulder relief girth and enhanced them even further and uh, made an awesome girth to allow your horse to breathe a little better. Um, it fits awesome. It you know, allows the, sh- the shoulder freedom that we've talked about, puts your saddle in the exact right place where you want it to stay. I like to test things out to see if they you know, uh-huh. stand up to the rigorous training schedule, work schedule of, of the horses that we have. And I've used it almost every day. And it's it's been a, a really great growth. I think it's even better than the shoulder relief growth um, because it's got it's got more liners. You can you have options. You know what you want mm-hmm. to be on the, against the horse. So I have the the leather one, and what I've really been liking is the the neoprene liner, which yes. is easy. You can take it off, hose it down, or put it in the wash or whatever. And it's been extremely durable, and it fit forms to the horse. In a recent talk at a podcast event. Speaker Anna Sale said, having a podcast is a lot like having a baby. If that's true, doing a documentary about podcasting is kind of like having twins. And if that's the case, doing a podcast about a documentary about podcasting is kind of like having someone hand you twins while you're treading water. So I decided to get on Skype with executive producer Chris Kremitzos. My problem is I have like too much information. It's a matter yeah, of yeah. That's why that's why I want to call you so we could kind of come up with uh, what are you thinking for the next couple episodes? <sighs> yeah. yeah, let's think. Uh, yeah, out loud about the story. So we already did the beginning of this narrative. So uh, what did we do? It's been so long now. After we launched everything, I guess the next episode would be like things got tough and dark. Well, the the one thing we completely skipped is Danny's trip to California. That's right. You see, I for, we've done so much, I forgot. That's the, that's the fun part, is I have to keep listening through the ears of the audience, and I'm like, wait, they haven't heard that yet. 
Welcome to episode number two of the Messengers podcast, a podcast about a documentary about podcasting. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. If you haven't listened to episode one, I highly recommend that you go back and start from episode one and then work your way forward. Speaking of stepping back, I wanted to hear how they came up with the title for the documentary, The Messengers. Here's Chris and Neil. So in creating this movie, uh, we got a group of friends of ours together to talk about what should we title it. And everybody came up with a podcast documentary. It wasn't too bad, but I told Chris, I think if we just start making the film, the title will come to us or it'll find us. And that's when we interviewed Lee Silverstein, who is uh, one of our podcasters. He has the Colon Cancer podcast. And while I interviewed him, I said, Lee, besides a podcaster, what would you consider yourself? And he looked at me and he said, a messenger, because when I had cancer, I wish someone had this message for me. And we, we realized that pretty much most podcasters are messengers. And it was really powerful because throughout the other interviews in Los Angeles and uh, the Keys and in the Ocala, everywhere we went, they sort of said the same thing, that they felt like they, they were a messenger or they had a message to deliver. And that's what we're trying to do with this film is deliver their message to you. So the crew packed up their gear and headed to Miami to film Hall of Fame podcaster Danny Pena of Gamertag Radio, which is a podcast about video games. When Danny was growing up, his friends said he looked like comedian Gilbert Gottfried, so much that they nicknamed him Gottfried, and that's still his name on the show. Now, it's pretty much impossible to give a quick introduction to Danny Pena, but I'm going to give it a shot. I wanted to start... Um, internet radio show and i my first show i recorded on, on a tape recorder so i was the first person that basically came up with a, a an internet radio show on mp3.com um i I'm, i talked to my cousin and it's like hey can, is it okay for me to have a party at your office and he was like yeah sure let's do it invite your people so i was like all right i invited 50 people some friends and a lot from our listeners locally from miami and i told them Bring your bring your own console, bring your TVs, bring your your controllers. We're gonna play and celebrate. So we did that. We have fifty people at the event, and then throughout the years, we made a, we had another party. So the first party we had fifty people. Then the second party we had a bigger venue, bigger everything, more tournaments. I had music performances with with independent artists here from Miami, and we had then five hundred people. So then from there. So let's hold on a second. So yeah. this is basically a big party. You got live music. So so we're getting our jam on as we're playing video games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and and also a bunch of giveaways. So a lot of companies will send us free games or T-shirts or, you know, goodies to give away to the crowd. And it was totally free. Totally nice. free. Totally free. So the third party, bigger venue. Now we're in the downtown area of Miami. And we had now more performances, more tournaments, more of everything. And we had 800 people now. Jeez. So then my business partner was like, his name is Pete. He was like, Danny, this is like the day after the this party. He was like, dude, let's have a party during Super Bowl weekend here in Miami. I was like, dude, I don't know, man. That's like kind of crazy because, yeah, we're getting our community. They're coming from everywhere, from all over the country. Some even came from like Canada and, and Puerto Rico. And I was like, it's going to be really, really expensive to fly down here in Miami or get a hotel and everything. How are we going to pull this off? You know, he's like, dude, let's start spreading the word from now. And we did it for like a year. So then we had our party. 
we had so much stuff that companies were sending us to give away that we had to rent a U-Haul truck just for <laughs> giveaways. <laughs> so I had committee members that came down and a lot of them, they were sharing rooms like that. And, and some of them, they were like, hey, we'd like to help you guys. So they went to my house and they were just helping me out with everything. So then I found out that the Miami New Times named us the number one Super Bowl party to attend Holy during so- Super Bowl weekend. And dude, let me tell you, I was super nervous when I read that because I was like, oh, my God, they put us up there higher than Pepsi, higher than Playboy, higher than a bunch of concerts. And the reason why is because we had it for free, but we got sponsors through gaming companies that, that were at the event, Twiki Games and EA Sports and so on. Then I find out that EA Sports talked about us on ESPN. They had like a Madden ball tournament. So like a bunch of a uh, bunch of football players who play Madden and 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 so on. So they had it's like a huge tournament. They do this every single year during Super Bowl weekend. So they talked about us like oh Gamer Tag Radio, Committee Vibes on ESPN, right? So then I find out Sony Picture wanted to record our our event so they also came to the party and they recorded this and it was all over the world they had it on animax and also sci-fi in australia and i'm trying also we had people lined up 6 30 in the morning our party started at 3 30 um we had people that came from all over all over the country even from japan and canada puerto rico and Wait, uh, you just said something that like we just kind of your party starts at six thirty. Yes, no, actually three thirty, three thirty, three thirty. And when do people start lining up, six thirty in the morning. They, That's crazy. They, they basically some of them parked by the club and slept inside of their car, waiting for the party to begin. And so, how, how long were you promoting this before it actually happened? Mm, almost a year. Okay, so that's the cool thing. It's like, it's the event. You got to be here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be off the hook. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and and we had our party. thousand people showed up. Holy thousand God. plus. It was perfect because some of them came for Super Bowl weekend, and it was like the perfect time for them. Oh, we could hang out with Godfrey and, and everybody else uh, for Gamer Tag Radio. Like, it was like, it was perfect too, you know? Not too bad for a guy that started with a cassette deck. And again, this is just a portion of his story. I mean, later he played video games with Bill Gates, but eating one Lay's potato chip and doing a short clip of Danny Pena's story are two things that are just basically impossible. So I asked Danny about the time when the crew was in Miami filming his story. I, there was times I got really, really emotional. I cried during the film. You know, when they asked me questions about like my family, the struggle, there was a time that I almost stopped podcasting because of the stupid trolls and the haters that hate that we were getting so much like success with our show. They try to wait for that one moment that we made, made that mistake. And a lot of people were just like going after us, man, you know? And, um, there was a time that I started, I got too stressed and it was my fiance was the one that told me not to quit. And I talked about that. Um, and she also talked about that too in the film too. So, So things were going well on the road. In fact, some might say they were pulling off a few miracles. Chris Kermitzos has the story. Well, I had rented a a Dodge Caravan and we were driving home and I was was tired. I had about a third of a tank. And I remember we were in like these, um, 
botanical garden areas like it was in Homestead, Florida which uh, you know is right on the Everglades and I remember I was thinking should I get gas should I not get gas should I get gas should I not get gas and I'm like ah screw it let me get gas and I turned right into the gas station the moment I opened my door the car that was behind me smashed into the car that was stopped at the light had I not gotten gas the crew we would have been rear-ended and it would have been all their equipment in the back of the, the Dodge Caravan so I don't know if it was Divine Providence following us but um it was just uh, it was just amazing when I opened up my car door all I, I heard something hit and I realized that was a car behind me rear-ending the car stopped at the light so uh, you know just seems like we have uh, little angels watching over us as we're making this movie and then Danny got an idea I told him guys if if I could take one of you guys to e3 one of the biggest video game convention in the world. Next thing I know, I'm on the phone with Neil in an airport. I'm here at the Tampa airport getting ready to go to Los Angeles, California. It's funny, I'm going home. I actually grew, uh, grew up in Southern California, so I'm actually excited to go home. But the reason we're doing this is uh, about a week or so ago, we were down in Miami uh, recording Danny Pena, the host of Gamer Tag Radio. He was uh, a Hall of Famer for the uh, uh, Podcast Movement Award, I think a year or so ago. And so now he's really expanded, he's really grown, and he invited us. He said, hey, thanks for recording my uh, sort of rags uh, to riches story, my start-off story. Uh, I'd love if you come to E3 and see me at the big show where we're at our best and my entire crew is there. So, um, you know, uh, our executive producer, Chris Kermitzos, made it happen, and I'm now getting ready to board planes here. Go out to Los Angeles for the uh, E3 Gamer Conference, which is the largest gaming conference in the world. So Neil flew all the way to LA and he got to see everything. I'm talking about hard work. We got him tired. Only the first day I got him so much content that he was like, I'm exhausted. Like this is just day one. I'm like, watch day two. Again, got him more content. Day three, he was already like tapping out. Like, all right, I got to be out of here by 12 and everything, you know, but um, it was cool. So he got to see us interviewing Microsoft, Activision, all the big, big video game companies over there. And, and I got him a couple surprises too. People that I helped in the past that they started either podcasting or they needed tips to get through E3. Um, I got them to talk to, to them for the documentary. Um, and um, that was the thing that he noticed that a lot of people were saying that Danny was always there to help the community. Um, and I also got um, people in the video game industry to, to say a few words. They know that we're very influential in the video game co uh, community and they will contact us and invite us to events that no other video game podcasts get, get access like, like that. So, um, that was, that was a cool part about filming the documentary because he got to see the behind the scenes of us sweating, like arguing, uh, everything, you know? So, and at the same time, took them to CBS radio so they could also see us inviting other video game podcasters to join us. Cause I want them to also be inspired. Like, man, you know, now uh, uh, Godfrey and the, and the whole crew, they, they can kind of deal with CBS, man, I, uh, you know, dreams do come true, you know? So that's why I always invite independent uh, podcasters to, uh, to like a daily sessions at, at a uh, CBS radio studio, you know? So, 
Back in Florida, the crew headed down to film Glenn the Geek Hebert. He's been married to his wife, Jen, for 28 years as I record this. And when he married Jen, Glenn wasn't really into horses, but his wife sure was. And hence, Glenn became known as America's Horse Husband. Glenn has a whole network of shows about one topic, horses. When I first interviewed Glenn a few years ago, I asked him what he thought the formula to podcasting success was, and he had a three-word plan. Don't be boring. And he's not. Look, I don't even like horses. In fact, to be honest, they kind of scare me. And yet, I tune in to hear Glenn do his live radio show at horseradionetwork.com on a regular basis. And while other podcasters have obsessed over the technology, over the website, over iTunes reviews, Glenn got a good setup and focuses on one thing only, his audience. On a regular basis, we get our listeners on the show. We believe that every horse person has a story to tell. It's our job to get that story out of them. If I see somebody on Facebook that did an interesting thing, we contact them and say, come on and do a listener highlight. We're not all about going after the big name guests. That's another mistake podcasters make. Your best, most interesting people are our listener interviews because they're doing great, fun things out there and they want to tell somebody about it and they have nobody to tell except go do a little post on Facebook. So I understand why Glenn would be featured in the movie. I got executive producer Chris Kermitsos on the phone to see how he got involved with Glenn. We were doing, uh, I think it was the second podcast. Have you ever had the experience where like, you read an email and the news is way too good to be true that you think there's something wrong with your eyesight? <laughs> That's what happened when I saw that Glenn had bought a ticket from a Facebook ad that I put out. He was one of the first. And I was like, wow, this guy doesn't even know me. Like, that, that's the cool thing in the world we live in. Like, he bought a ticket because he wanted to go to PodFest. So then um, he emails me and he's like, hey, I've done 4,000 shows. I've had over, you know, this many thousands of guests. And I own, you know, eight or 10 different shows in my network and I I thought I was like seeing things because up until that time we had some very successful podcasters but no one that had his numbers it was almost like if you combined all of our numbers together from from our local podcast group and multiplied it by 10 it still was a fourth of the numbers he was putting up so it was like Michael Jordan showing up <laughs> and saying hey I bought a ticket and I'd love to learn from you guys. And well, um, the first thing I thought was like, I don't know if I could teach this guy anything. If anything, he should be teaching. He should be our Latino. Like this guy's bigger than the other conferences I've been to. They don't have someone like this guy. This guy's like unbelievable. He's been doing it for seven years. And I called him and I said, uh, you know, what is your pot? What are you doing? And he said, you know, my, my podcast is about horses, but I thought he said horse. And I, uh, I said, excuse me. And I'm like, man, horse, that's a, that's a weird subject, but Hey, you know, niches, you, you got to own it. And then he says, no horses. I go like, like horses, like the things with hoofs, but the animals, he goes, yes, yes. But horses. I'm like, Oh man. Okay, cool, man. But for, for one second there, I thought you just said horse. And I'm like, wow, if you were able to monetize that, God bless you. But, um, <laughs> but you know, we had a funny, funny aside. We're laughing, but in all seriousness, in that moment, I was like, if a man could, own the niche of horses via podcasting. This platform is, you could pretty much accomplish anything you need to if you know how to do it right and you're passionate enough. 
So that's how I met Glenn. And ever since then, he's helped us organize um, the the next year's pot fest and it got bigger and helped us bring some really great people together. And he's just uh, one of the greatest human beings and probably one of the most experienced podcasters on the planet. Now I said earlier that I get a little nervous. Okay. I get a lot nervous around horses and there's a reason for that. You know, when you're dealing with animals, you never know what's going to happen. That's the fun part. There's always that. And, and I would think, have you ever been kicked by a horse? Oh Yeah. And stepped on and, you know, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer had the worst accent. I don't know if you want to hear about it, but, sure. uh, Jennifer had the worst accent I've ever seen. We, we had a tax business, a, re, a whole retail business at our farm. So we had a, we had a retail space and the whole thing. We were in working one morning. She was out doing the horses in the barn and she came in the house with a towel on her head with blood everywhere. Uh, she had her hand on her head and she, there was just blood everywhere all over her face and everything. And she said, I got kicked. I have to go to the hospital. Um, and what had happened was the horse slipped. She wasn't riding it or anything. She was bringing it in the barn. The horse slipped, fell down. She fell between the horse's legs and got caught with the horse trying to get up. So the horse is scrambling to get up and she's in the way. So she got kicked in the chest and she had a, her scalp was torn up in the shape of a horseshoe on the top of her head. Really, it was in the shape of a horseshoe. Uh, so I, I, I got her, we got her towel on her head. We got her into the car to take her to the hospital, got about a mile down the road into the little town where we lived and she started to pass out on me. So I went to a doctor's office that was on the way. They called the ambulance and they took her the rest of the way. She had 14 staples in her head and she broke her sternum. So they were more concerned about that actually, but we've had all kinds of accidents like that with horses. Jeez. So that's, yeah. that's where, like, when you have a drone flying around, it's when you go, you know what? Yeah. You don't it's dangerous. Get... I mean, yeah. you know, unfortunately, we read in the news every day because we get all the horse news from around the world. There are people dying every week in horse accidents. Um, so it's something you have to take very seriously because they can kill you. They're big animals, you know. A lot of them weighing in between 1,000, 2,000 pounds. You know, you're not going to win that battle. Yeah. Uh, they fall on you or something like that happens. You're not... You're getting the worst end of it. And were there people sleeping in the barn? How did that work? We had people on the floor. We had people in a bed. <laughs> uh, they had people in a hotel. Uh, we only had so much room in our house. So we had people in a hotel. Uh, but it was fun. I cooked breakfast for them on Saturday morning and before we went out to play with the horses. And I think they all got an education in horses. I don't know that any of them had really had horse experience before. So they got a little bit of an education in horses. Our horses are pretty good. So, you know, it's not like... That that was a problem, uh, but Jennifer had just gotten her new horse, so we didn't. We weren't quite sure what he was going to do. He was kind of an unknown quantity. He's a big horse, so we weren't quite sure what he was going to do. So, what's it like when you're mixing horses with a drone? Well, um, that was interesting. They came here to film for two days. They filmed our live show, Horses in the Morning, and then they uh, the next morning we did all we did we took all our horses out. I have a carriage horse and my wife has a riding horse and we went out to the field and they had the drone. They have a cool drone. They had the drone there and they had a couple cameramen there and they wanted to film us going around. Well it was going fine and our horses were okay with the drone because they kept it pretty high. They have a really nice drone. And they kept it pretty high, and that was all going well. And they have it goes round and round and round. You know how video is. You have to put 12 hours of footage for 30 seconds of video. <laughs> right. right. So we're going around and around. And then, I said, and then we thought it would be a great idea to get, <laughs> to get the guy from inner city in the cart to film from in the cart. 
And that was the point where, where Neil flying the drone decided to bring it down a little low and my pony didn't want to have any part of that drone and bolted. <laughs> With this horse city guy, I'd never been seen a horse or been in a cart before, holding on to his camera, holding on to the cart as we're flying down the field. So I, fortunately, he didn't bolt for very long. It was pretty good. I mean, we didn't, I didn't kill him. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to be in a cart anytime soon. So. <laughs> it was funny, actually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was fun. We had a great time doing that. You saw a little bit of that footage of us with our horses in the trailer uh, for the messengers. You see a little bit of it in there. And then they filmed uh, in the studio here for a long period of time and uh, filmed our morning show, us doing that. They joined us for our morning show, which was a lot of fun. So I think that, boy, the quality of, uh, of this, I think, is going to be tremendous. I'm really impressed. But the true star of the Horse Radio Network isn't Glenn or Jen or one of their awesome co-hosts. It's a little horse by the name of Scooter, Chris Kermitzos. I, I think I speak for the whole crew. None of us have really been around horses in our lives. So even though his horse, Scooter, his horse is like a, a little guy, like he's really cute. And then Jennifer's horse is like a racehorse. It's like huge. What Glenn might not tell you is Glenn had the choice between two horses because when he started the horse radio network his wife was like glenn you got to get a horse you know now that you're you know he's had horses in the past and she's like you know you got to get your own horse so they said okay so they visited a horse that they were going to buy it was beautiful it was perfect and then jennifer said well we have one other horse to see and glenn was like this one's great let's just take this one you know why do we have to wait for the other one she goes well we promised the other person we'll go take a look and they took a look at this other horse and it was emaciated and it was days away from dying. I mean, it was the saddest thing you've ever seen. And Glenn, this uh, speaks volume of who he is and the character that this, this man has. Uh, in that moment, he knew that that was going to be his horse. And that horse is Scooter. And he got Scooter. And I, and I think he just thought he was going to give Scooter an honorable death because he was starving. He had eaten the bark off the tree. Uh, you know, he, he was literally uh, ready a day or two away from dying. So Glenn figured, hey, look, I'll give this horse at least a really good ending. And what happened was Scooter under Glenn started thriving and he started uh, living again. And that horse is extremely special to Glenn. Um, and it speaks of who Glenn is. So he gave that horse a second chance and it actually helped Glenn and his audience bond because he told the story of Scooter and Scooter really was a pivotal moment for the horse radio network. So it's, it's, it's a story that I just, I, I tear up just telling it because I've seen Scooter and I've seen the pictures, but, uh, there's a video that Glenn took of Scooter frolicking in the water after he had, you know, uh, saved this uh, animal from death. And that video has, is probably the most viral video of a horse frolicking in water in all the world. I, I, I mean that. I, I believe it's like 11 million views and counting. Glenn would have to tell you. But it's been shared so many different times that uh, Scooter is now famous. So it just gave me a lot of pride to actually see Scooter firsthand. And he looks like the name. He looks like a very unassuming uh, little horse named Scooter, uh, you know, and, uh, and I just think that speaks who Glenn is and we're, we're following our hearts on this film. And, and that's why, uh, all of us look up to Glenn and all of us just are really grateful for, uh, him having us on his farm to, uh, film the messengers, uh, segment there. So as some stories were winding down, other stories were just beginning. Sean Smith. 
Sean is a Christian artist that does mission work in Guatemala. And if you're like me, you're probably going, Guata what? You know, uh, the first time somebody said, hey, would you like to come to Guatemala? My first question was, uh, where's Guatemala exactly? I said, mm. South America. And they said, close, Central America. I said, right. Uh, so Guatemala is just south of Mexico in Central America. Sean is an expert podcaster when it comes to podcasting out in the field. You see, Sean actually podcasts from Guatemala using gear that fits in his backpack. Yeah. So I, like you, started podcasting with a, a huge room full of equipment. Now, and also like you, Dave, I kind of came to podcasting through the tech side. I was a musician just like you. And so I had a lot of a pro audio gear laying around. And so for me, it was kind of a sidestep. It wasn't really a big leap to think about pro quality audio, recording pro quality audio, because I've been a studio musician for 20 years and I had all kinds of equipment, right? But my problem was when we got to Guatemala, we realized during our mission that it was really difficult to communicate all of the things that were happening every single day on the ground in Guatemala, back home with family, friends, and supporters. We really wanted to share these stories because as our mission team members say, a month's worth of stuff happens in like a day. And by the time they get home, they even forget like what happened on Monday. It's just so packed full of not only physical work, we were really busy, but uh, a lot of, of spiritual journey and emotional things that happen throughout the week. So we really wanted to communicate back home somehow, some way with family and friends. The problem is in Guatemala, like many other developing countries, there's no such thing as broadband uh, internet. It, it's just super slow. And so that started me on a four-year journey of trying to figure out how to get all of my studio equipment into a backpack. And it was then that iOS, that Apple came out with the, they released iOS 7, which is their seventh version of their operating system, which allowed pro quality audio, two channel pro quality audio into an iOS device. And I was like, that is the key. If I can get pro audio into an iOS device that wasn't plugged into electricity, because that is so uh, unreliable in Guatemala and something that isn't dependent upon batteries, like recharging batteries and like a digital recorder, which I had, but the power would go out and digital recorders uh, can be, um, well, they need batteries and they need SD cards. And so the iOS device was really key for me. And it literally took me years to figure out the right connections of equipment and mics and interfaces, cables, adapters to get truly pro quality audio that we could upload every night. So Sean was in Florida speaking at PodFest. He had a great time. And then later, Sean had an idea. So I was in Guatemala prepping for our mission teams. And I started watching, following the messenger's Facebook page, following the filmmakers. And I started seeing the photos of them with Christy in her boat in uh, South Florida and Key West, right? And the amazing drone shots of Danny Pena and the graffiti wall in Miami. They released that trailer, which is amazing. And, and then I saw the amazing footage of Glenn the Geek and his horses. And 
I knew that I was being featured in the film and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be awesome for the film crew to film me in my studio, in my mobile pro podcasting studio here in Guatemala? Wouldn't that be awesome? And and they could tell the whole story. I mean, they could tell the story of how I got into podcasting through the mission work and they could show us actually recording our nightly podcasts from Guatemala and I thought, this is nuts. I mean, it was literally two weeks from our mission. And we only do this once a year. And so I sat on it for three days. Like, this is just insane. I can't ask somebody to, to drop everything and come here in two weeks. But after the third day, I literally woke up in the middle of the night and I said, so what if they say no? I mean, what if this could be part of it? What if they could capture the amazing vistas of the volcanoes here in Guatemala? I mean, one of the villages we serve is literally called Buena Vista. I mean, beautiful view, and it is spectacular. And capture the story of how podcasting started for me doing mission work and trying to share these stories back home. And that is the message of my podcasting is you can podcast from anywhere. And that's how we get started. And so I thought the worst I can say is no. So my wife and I, over the past several years, had collected a bunch of frequent flyer miles and we had a conversation and we said, you know what, this would be worth uh, <laughs> spending almost all of our frequent flyer miles on to try and fly these guys down here and get this. So I sent an email to Chris and to Neil and Salo. And I said, this is a crazy idea, but you guys are crazy enough action takers that you might say yes. Uh, what if you could come down to Guatemala two weeks from today and film not only our mission work, but film me podcasting from Guatemala, my home office in, in Guatemala. And so, uh, I mean, Chris, uh, responded first by saying, is there any other time of the year, maybe September, October? Now there was a very specific reason why Chris was asking about that. You see, He'd already paid for and booked a family vacation. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're even considering it. That was just shocking. And I said, no, I'm sorry. The next time we'd be doing this would be a year from now. And, uh, and then he emailed back and said, we're talking. Does the team make it to Guatemala? Well, we're going to answer that in the next episode of the Messengers podcast. Now, if you just can't wait, I've got an easy way for you to cut in line. Go over to the website. It's the Messengers Doc, so the messengersdoc.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and you can see all the behind scenes, all this great trailer that people are talking about, the shots of the horses. You can see it all behind the scenes. You can travel along with the crew, with Neil and Salo and Chris and Willie, and you can see all this stuff we're talking about. Go over to the messengersdoc.com and sign up today. This episode featured clips from Sean Smith. You can find him at themobilepro.net. Glenn the Geek Hebert at horseradionetwork.com. Danny Pena at gamertagradio.com. And the baby at the beginning of the show, yeah, we kept it in the family. That is the one and the only and completely adorable Sedona Kremitzos. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com, asking you, what's your message? What's your message?